at some point, you got to decide for yourself who you're going to be. You're listening to They Came From The Silver Screen. You're listening to They Came From The Silver Screen. It's a podcast where each episode we deconstruct the societal issues in films and their relationship with the world. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Damien Danaher. Hello, Damien. Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yeah. Now it's... Uh, <laughs> so, different different uh, experience to last week. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> where I, I came out uh, angry in La La Land, confused, disillusioned. Um, this week I am refreshed. I am humbled and I am, I am, I have faith in the world again, which is in short supply at times, particularly in the past few weeks. You aren't wrong. It's an absolute pleasure to sort of come across a film, you know, that is worthy. It is quote, like why we go to the movies because we witness characters changing and in so doing, that witnessing and that bearing of witness changes us as well. It's a necessary film, I think, at this juncture in time. It's discussions of sexuality, masculinity, you know, our place in the world, our place in society, race, of course, as well. Even in a sort of outward sense, it talks about addiction, it talks about poverty, class issues, it talks about everything without really talking about it at all it's all there in the background but it's it's about it but it's not and somehow it just accomplishes it so delicately yeah with such such force uh the film we're talking about uh dear listeners is uh, is moonlight uh, it's the film um directed by barry jenkins and uh, written by him as well, the screenplay. Yes, based um, off a, based on uh, the story of uh, Terrell Alvin uh, Mikani. Yeah, and it uh, it takes us through the life of a young boy um, in in three pivotal ages, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think we might have a bit of trouble with this one because how do you how do you sum this movie up? It's it's one of the we've tackled this before films where if we just talk about it in a very simple way, it doesn't seem like much. It is truly one of those films where you have to go see it, mm. um, and and by all means you should um, go see this this. This is one of those films that deserves our money. It deserves our patronage. Yeah, it deserves um, because, to be seen on a big screen. Yeah. This is, this is <clears throat> you know, a, a, a big point of film is to experience stories that we won't be able to in our own lives. Mm. Now, surprisingly enough, we are... You know, white cis men. So, the story of a of a black queer man is very different from our own. Um, you ain't wrong, son. <laughs> it's very different, and it's and so I mean, delic- that, yeah. But that's a curi- but that's a curious um, uh, point right there that you would think that uh, on an experiential sense, it is so foreign to what we're used to in life and indeed what we will ever experience in life. I don't think you or I will ever come across the same sort of uh, tribulations that uh, Chiron does in this movie, but somehow it is incredibly accessible. Yes, and that, that is the beauty of what, what Jenkins has done here. He has created a, a story that is yes so accessible it, it, it takes on um, it takes on you know 
myth, uh, mythological naming conventions that, mm. that you know crafts the story um, that that informs characters. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's so well made. It's yeah. so well made, and it's and it's well de- it's it's so perfectly delivered. I mean, this is uh, and to think of like where it came from. You know, the uh, the the play by McCraney in Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. I mean, this was just a, a play, a spec script that was never put into production. And then 10 years down the track, we're finally uh, uh, given this, you know, it's given life in through cinema. And you, you can imagine, you can see the beats of how it would have been a play, but it's it's been given something else, something incredible by this uh, transition to celluloid, the power i think is in this movie especially is in the silences is in the uh, spaces in between the words and on uh film that is such a more powerful weapon because you can hold those close-ups and you can see every piece of paint etched in uh this this man's face yeah it into into all three of the actors that yeah. play Sharon. And I mean, that's, um, uh, and that's a, a marvel in and of itself that, you know, over the course of, um, you know, Alex Hibbert as little Ashton Sanders as uh, uh, teenage Chiron and then Trevante Rhodes as um, the adult version, the, you know, mm. his, the black uh, personification that he's uh, taken on, you know, the nickname yeah. he gave him. They, they, You'd think that, like, you know, the film would feel a lot more episodic and a lot more fractured, but somehow these guys, even though, uh, by all accounts, uh, Jenkins made sure they never met so they could only do their own performances, there's such a fluidity and such a, a singularity, a continuousness to their performance like their eyes are the same, the the physicality is the same. Obviously, it evolves over time. As yeah, the vulnerability. <clears throat> yeah, that is is there and is so strong, but has also been slowly stamped out. Mm. And as the as a yeah a, a cyclical nature of of who his idols were, who his figures were in his life, yeah. to where he then becomes, you know, what are the actions that he takes. What are the, the, the hardships that he endures? Um, yeah, is, these are yeah. The, these are three snapshots uh, into into this this ma- this man's life. Mm. And um, if you really think about it, in terms of actual movement of plot, not an awful lot happens, <clears throat> but but everything happens mm. because it's all about it's all about character. <clears throat> in this yeah. movie and these small moments are titanic shifts for these guys and it it never feels when there's when there are those shifts it never feels <coughs> like we're having to play catch up yeah i mean like they leave, they leave a lot out i mean yeah. you know between the between the first and the second chapter it's uh it's mentioned ever so briefly that uh, Juan, mm-hmm. played uh, <clears throat> by the absolutely incredible Marshala Ali, he yeah. died. And then in between the uh, second and the third, you know, Shiron uh, goes to, to Juvie, mm-hmm. comes out, and we get this, you know, beautifully tragic uh, sins of the, well, surrogate father being visited upon the sins of the uh, surrogate son, so he follows down the same path as one, becomes a drug dealer. Yeah. But and it's it But the thing is at the same time, it's perverting those those sort of archetypal things. Because I mean you, you know, the <clears throat> the the black mentor, you know, and especially you know, the the black drug dealing mentor, you know, that kind of hard OG guy from the fucking hood or whatever you want to call it, all those uh, anachronistic phrases. I mean, that's a figure of mythology, like, you know, as you were mentioning mythology before, that's a figure of mythology throughout hip-hop and all these uh, different pieces of culture. 
and in movies as well we've seen this character a, a, a dozen you know or a hundred times he takes the young lad under his wing and slowly perverts him corrupts him but he doesn't do that here no in, they, in they, fact they, he f- helps him flourish he encourages it's... him to become his own man he encourages him to be secure and confident in his sexuality yeah but, oh, yeah I mean, that, I mean the... you know not to give anything away, you know, because, you know, too much, but the discussion between Little and him about, you know, why do they call me a faggot? Yeah, yeah, what, what's a faggot? It's got to be one of the best written scenes I've seen in a film yeah, and, in and recent memory. I, I, yeah, it was like, it, you know, it's not, you know, you can, you can be gay. You don't have to take that name on. That's what people call you. Yeah. And you don't have to let them do that. Like you have that that choice to do it. Um, to you can you can be who the who you want to be. Mm. And, and, we, and we yeah, and I mean we need to give props to um, Ali here for a, an incredibly well deserved uh, best supporting actor. Uh, nomination in the uh, Academy Awards this year for a, 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 ro- a role that lasts awards. maybe yeah for a role that lasts maybe all of twenty to twenty five minutes, mm. but his presence is felt throughout the rest of the movie. In, yeah, in, in in what he gave Chiron, but also in his absence, in the absence of that father figure to correct him, to comfort him in these latter moments of crisis. Yeah, and the and this, uh, how he broke the silence. Yeah. Um, that Chiron was falling into. Yeah, exactly. The you know compelling him to come out of his shell. Hmm. But then also having that internal conflict of his own that you know this entire time he's also selling uh, drugs to uh, Paula. Yeah, Chiron's Char- 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 mother. mother. She's like, by, uh, she's like she's like she's like his best cu- he's, she's like his best customer. Yeah. And but and, and he so it's this so he, uh, he simultaneously is the cause of you know er- everything that's going wrong at Chiron's home. He's the home wrecker. But then yeah, he's, he's also trying to do right and it's this beautiful sense of tenderness that he's doing bad things but he's not a bad man. Mm. And that breakdown when he sort of when little accuses him. He de- like <clears throat> Well, he doesn't even accuse him, does he? He just says, he just my, mom, my, mom, my mom does drugs, you sell drugs, and he just puts the math together in his head and just leaves. Mm. And he never actually explicitly says, you are selling to my mother, but it's all there. And just the delicacy of um, Ali and the shame and that it's, there was just yeah. heartbreaking. Because Sharon isn't, you know, the... Though he's a, a quiet boy in in the younger portion of the film, um, he's very, you know, he's intellectual. Mm. He's, he, you know, he stays out of these things. He is an outsider um, in a lot of regards, um, if not for his friendship with Kevin. Yeah. Um, and that's that is that is the through line. If there's if there is a story. Um, it is the relationship uh, between Chiron and Kevin yeah. throughout these these points in in time, and how they they do have a a romance um, that very, flourishes very, very very fleeting. And I think the the <coughs> the damage of it is that I think it it means almost nothing to Kevin, but it means everything to Chiron. Hmm. Because this is a. This is his first experience where he he feels right. Yeah, where he finally yeah. lets his guard down. Yeah, and actually decides to to give in to this desire within him. And, and you just... see, it, and you see him like uh, after after the fact. There's a lightness of being to him. Is you see the weight lifted off his shoulders, and then it's just so brutally cut off immediately afterwards by yeah, Kevin, when Kevin being forced um, 
to engage in this hazing ritual by Tyrell. Yeah, but then, oh, but then Chiron gets up after each punch because he knows, oh, just keeps getting up. That's the thing, and I mean, it could be... Because he mean, knows like, it's hurting both of them. Yeah, it could be a combination of anything. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a fuck you, but it's also a... Uh, I'm... It's, it's going back to, like, what Juan told him in uh, part one, you know? You can be strong enough yourself, and just because you're gay doesn't mean you're a faggot. Don't take this shit from them. That's also yeah. what Kev, it's also what Kevin taught him in the first part. To fight back. To fight back, yeah. To stand up to bullies. So it's just, yeah, again, we come back to the uh, cyclical nature of all of this, that all of these are just self-fulfilling prophecies and everyone is the cause of, you know, their own destinies. Hmm. But then you've got, then you've got, so that, that cycle that, that happens Sharon, but it doesn't happen with Kevin. Well, he decides to get out. He decides to break that, that cycle. And so, you know, it's the inevitability that these that these young men are going to end up in prison. Mm. Um, you know, Miami and they, you know, and it's, yeah, it's just an inevitability that that's what happens uh, to black men, um, which is, which is fairly accurate um, with the, you know, institutionalized, um, industrialized prison complex that's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then I mean, after if- that, he breaks it. He breaks that thing and he becomes a he becomes a cook mm. at a restaurant. He's he's making Cuban food now, mm. which I mean, and that's obviously such a strong. It's, it's a big melting pot down there in Miami. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> again, I mean, it's about you know it's a prescient time to be talking about this, but it's a it's it's a it's a city of immigrants. Yeah, you have the you have. Cubans, you have Haitians, you have Dominicans, you have Puerto Ricans, you have Costa Ricans, you have all of these different people all here, and it's it's everyone's place. And there's no one kind of thing that makes it what it is. It's what it is because everyone's there. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's inc- bringing yeah. something to the table. Exactly, and, and I mean, incidentally, if uh, anyone is interested in. Uh, reading up a little bit more on um, race and sort of the institutionalization of uh, black incarceration, I can hardly recommend uh, the documentary 13th. Yes. Which is on Netflix, directed by Ava DuVernay, who uh, directed Selma. About yeah, the, please, uh, please about, do. About the, about the march with uh, Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King Jr., which incidentally also had a marshala. Ali in a, in a smaller role, mm. <clears throat> but that's a that's it is an incredible film, and we are seeing. I mean, look, you know, everyone sort of uh, said with the Oscars this year that uh, oh, look, you know, it's great to see, you know, all this representation. There's there is black representation every single uh, category in the Oscars this year, which is incredible. I, but uh, one one year doing it right does not wash the hands for the other 80 something years where it's just pretty much been terrible yeah this doesn't this so, doesn't I mean, absolve yeah. but this is but this this is an important step yeah where we are seeing voices and we are seeing stories told that uh you know five years ago ten years ago would not have been told i mean like the last time there was you know <clears throat> a big sort of, uh, well, you know, big in terms of, uh, was on the public uh, consciousness in terms of uh, uh, gay movies or, you know, that, that coming out story it was uh, Brokeback Mountain back in 2005. But that mm. was very much of that tradition, oh, well, God, I'm going to step in, step in my own, you know, mouth here. But if I'll allow myself to suggest that it was a more traditional coming out story, I would have said it's it's far more palatable to the to the the eyes of or well, the, it's, the critics of Hollywood. Yeah, well, and and also to straight people, I would suggest. Yeah, I mean that if you look at um, the Danish Girl, uh, Tom Hooper's film with yeah. uh, Eddie Redmayne, uh, the other uh, that came out uh, last year as well. Again, 
that was a, a movie about uh, trans and uh, gay people that, you know, was, I would suggest, quite sanitised to make it palatable for a mainstream audience. Whereas, yeah. I mean, we look at this and this is this is different, not only just because, I mean, you can look as hard as you can, but I'm pretty sure I didn't see a single white person in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm remiss to, uh, to have seen any. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it is that... But you got, and that's if you're trying to look. Yeah, but you weren't. There was no need. I was never... It was only afterwards when, you know, we were like, all right, well, we have to talk about it. And when yeah. we, yeah, we both sort of came under the to the conclusion that no, it wasn't there. But they, it doesn't need to be. It's proof that you know you don't need to have a white guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I mean, like some sort of like more like bigger studio production. I mean, this is a rather independent production. I mean, like they were said, why can't you have like a funny white friend or some shit like that? You know. Yeah, just or or why are there not like white students at this school? Yeah. It's, well, there's a lot of reasons for for yeah. that. There's there's but mostly, reasons of but I mean, class mostly, and yeah, but mostly <laughs> fuck you. I think that's the main reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't need it. And yeah. it's, so it is that we have of... some notes. <laughs> More white. <laughs> Change the color palette. Oh, should we talk about the color palette? Should we oh, talk about please the use of color? do. I mean, everyone's getting their dick sweat in you know over the use of color in la la land but if you want to uh see a master class in how color can affect you know a film in subtle I mean, ways god forbid you can look at this movie and the the oh. cinematography is absolutely something to behold james laxton has crafted something just absolutely spellbinding you know yeah, and, it's, he, and, it's he, and he hasn't fantastic. really uh he's only sort of a recent sort of addition to to the uh to, to the the big wide world of cinema i'm looking at uh his other previous movies um and this is this is easily the the biggest the last one that i actually uh recognize is uh tusk the kevin smith film 2014 but even that was a very kind of uh, <clears throat> small, very yeah, quite a small film. Small film as well, you know. And then obviously he worked with uh, Barry Jenkins. Um, was it in medicine? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and really a, a lot of this cast uh, is, you know, cast and crew. Um, they're very fledgling. You know, they haven't been through the rounds too much. Mm. They've got a few good names um, under their belt, which is why it's um, in um, like just it's it's amazing to me. There is such a level of self-assuredness, yeah, in 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 every level of this production. The direction is impeccable. The acting is amazing, and we should mention Naomi Harris. Who uh, shot her part in a grand total of three days? Three days while on the road promoting uh, Spectre, mm. and somehow I mean, found the time the same to time, and yeah. somehow found the time to deliver notes that I don't think uh, you know I've ever seen her do before, and deliver certainly the best performance I think she's done since Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm. I mean the 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 part where she comes back from. Um, her uh, confrontation with Juan. Mm. Well, they do have, um, you know, that, that talk. And, um, you know, you do not hear uh, all of it, but just the, yeah, just the the direction of it, the colour, um, her presence. Um, yeah, her presence as a, as a drug-addled uh, mother and the, the swings that she takes... Yeah, um, and then as um, a as a yeah. recovering addict, <clears throat> and again, yeah. that's that's another kind of you know trope. You know, the crack addicted mum. I mean, we've I mean, we've, we've, is... we've, we've seen that we've seen that in film before, but the, it's this it's this horrifying balancing act where she's you know consumed by the demon of addiction, but she still loves her son. 
Yeah, she she is consumed she, by the demon, but she is not a monster herself. No. And I think that's what can easily be the other way around in a lot of in a lot of films. Exactly. That because she takes drugs, she is a monster. Yeah. Um, and it is very easy for for you know movies to do that, uh, to, especially to vilify uh, women and mothers. Mm. Uh, as you know, this is a you know she's a single mother. Um, and that's. You know that, that takes a lot of hardships in that. Um, so yes, there. You know that's. It is good to see that this is. A positive, a more positive spin on this sort of archetype. Yeah, well, I mean, um, it's it's yeah. I mean, like it like I, archetype never even came into my mind. Obviously, <clears throat> now in an analytical sense, I guess we're going to. Sort of, you know, we you dig in and you you find similarities in other films. But as I was watching the film, never occurred to me once <clears throat> these guys weren't archetypes. It was just people, yeah, not good or bad, just fucking human. And it it was such such a refreshing thing mm. to, to and witness. I, and I think that's that is the beauty of what what Jenkins has done here. He has been able to take. Uh, these characters, and he's he's seen what they can boil down to, and then he's then he's moved beyond that. He has the place where he's he's playing in, and now he's moving forward, and he's telling real story a real story. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another, you know, movie like period where it sort of tackles this. Thing that you know more so than <clears throat> anyone else is is unique to uh, black culture in the sense that you 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 are not allowed to be vulnerable. You are not allowed uh, to demonstrate uh, that kind of sensitivity and to be gay in that world, yeah. especially in that in that hard part of the in, you know the world. Where poverty is a daily occurrence, where drugs, you know, is uh, and crime is just a fact of life, where you have to scrap to fucking survive, weakness just isn't tolerated, and so it's this it's this beautiful portrait of this of what I can only assume, you know, thousands of of men like uh, Chiron would would go through on a day to day basis, this grappling of you know what does it mean to be masculine and what does it mean to be secure in your sexuality, you know, and try and, you know, to understand that you can actually reconcile, uh, mm. the, be, you know, a queer identity with, uh, still being considered, uh, strong and masculine. The, the, the two are not mutually, uh, exclusive. Yeah, and it's it's, uh, it's just something I've never seen before in a film, and it's again everything everything in this movie is just a breath of fresh air. Mm. Like I mean, even the music is is just something else. It's something special. It's old. It's new. It's you know uh, perverted. I mean, you know, in, into something and transmuted into something new. I mean, Nicholas uh, Bratel, the uh, composer who. Uh, <clears throat> has appeared in another one of the uh, films we uh, reviewed uh, last year, uh, The Big Short, where, I mean, and again, just really interesting new spins on things, taking <clears throat> classical music and twisting it and changing it in post and turning it into something new so you get melancholia and you get... A sense of unease, hmm. and but also a sense of beauty. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to keep saying nice things about this movie because I can't, I can't think of uh, anything it, that's wrong with it. Yeah, it, and that the you know the music perfectly uh, is in concert with the visuals. Hmm. Um, it remains, you know, it it enhances the, the piercing looks. Um, from all of the 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 actors playing Chiron, um, you know when they uh, when young Chiron is 
at the end of the film, they cut back to him in the moonlight at the beach. Yeah. Where he was, uh, yeah, uh, for lack of a better term, baptised by Juan. Yeah, exactly. In the water when he's being taught to swim. Um, yeah, and, that, and there is that, that importance of that beach to him. Yeah. I mean... It's the, sim- yeah, the symbology <laughs> in it and... And it is it is about it is about uh, visuals in this movie more so than anything else. I mean, the dialogue is is spare, but that's perfectly fine because what's there is so potent, is so powerful. And but I mean, you know, for me, the probably the one of the strongest moments in the entire movie was um, Sharon and Kevin finally um, uh, meeting again in the diner yeah. after after all that time. <clears throat> And Kevin just puts on "Hello Stranger" by Barbara Lewis, yeah. and they and they just sit there and listen and, to that, and basically let her say everything that needs to be said. And there is such a wealth of information, and you know, you can feel what's going on there. Yeah, you you drown in the amount of emotion and feeling that these men are giving each other just by sitting across from each other. It's the simplest thing. It's the simplest setup. It's There's no dialogue, and it is powerful beyond all belief. It's, it, it, is, it is beautiful. And then I think what's great about that scene in particular is that there is that cut, that sudden cut of the bell. Yeah. Because... As much of that moment that we saw, there was more that is theirs. Mm. There is that intimacy that we as the viewers do not get to see, but we feel has happened. Yeah. I mean, some, 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 you know, that part, that was just for them. Yeah. And to, to have the film conclude, not with some sort of, you know, grand shirt rending you know monologue you know with screaming and crying and you know oscar bait for lack of a better word mm. we just have a, a final you know very simple delicate admission from uh, chiron that kevin was his one and only yeah he was never with another person let alone another man ever after that and it doesn't culminate in some glorious love scene or anything like that. Just a man just... who has been without physical contact for so long that he doesn't even know what he was missing. Just been held. And that's yeah. the end. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any, you know, broad strokes, uh, kind of easy declarations about what comes next doesn't put no. a bow, it doesn't put a bow on it he might just go right back and keep selling drugs and get shot a week after the yeah. film ends or he might next, change yeah. everything or he might change everything up but the next blink of an eye yeah yeah so but so the fourth chapter that's that's for them we have no idea mm. what it is but it was the, it's the possibility that i think is is what's amazing about the end it doesn't yeah it doesn't coddle you it didn't it doesn't coddle the characters either it understands that you can't just wrap something up so easily no this is this is yeah it, it's it's real this is a this is a film that that shows characters that shows the characters that they exist in this world um they exist in this world. They exist in our world. Um, when the camera isn't on them, they're still doing something. Um, life does pass. Um, it isn't static. And there's... I mean, the only times it's still is when we're there. Is that time taken for us. Mm. For us to, to really understand what's going on here. And it is uh, to to witness the, the, yeah the the ex the the joy the relief, um on the time with, uh, Sharon and Kevin on the beach, yeah, 
Um, and then and then the tragedy soon after that. I mean, it's 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 real. It's 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 beautiful. It's ugly. Yeah, there's a set. It's, there's a. It's yeah. It's everything. It's everything you need in a film, and there's a patience to it as well, which I love. And the, Jenkins, the Jenkins allows these these silences to occur, and it's not it's not dead. It's not dead space. No, it's not dead. It's not. It's paced it's, so perfectly. It's, it's crackling with energy. There's implication in every pause that goes on in this film. And it is so much that is said by no one actually saying anything. And there's such, yeah, it is this this silent masculinity that's coming through, mm. that's being developed, um, but also, it, and then it's the mix of the of the fragility of of people and the allowance to be. Exactly, uh, and I mean that's beautifully done. I think, especially at, at towards the end of the film. Um, you know, by Trevante Rhodes, who's a former athlete. Uh, yeah. Turned, turned, turned actor was he? He was a track and field sprinter. Fan. Oh. And then uh, decided to do do this instead, and is and is amazing in it. And it's but it's he's sort of that beautiful culmination of everything that's come before, where he's finally he's he's built up this facade of, of yeah. this, of this, of this rolling, you know, do not fuck with me kind of bro. He's got the grill. Yeah. He's got the chains. He, he pump, he pumps the iron. He's got the car and everything like that. But his eyes are still the same as yeah. little. He's even one step beyond what Juan was. Yeah. Cause Juan still no. had a tenderness about him. He had yeah, a girlfriend. He... he had, you know, Oh, she, Teresa she, human, is human connections. was fantastic. Yeah, and for for such a for such a a small role again, that could have been you know uh, just a a throwaway. What was it role. Uh, Janelle, Janelle Monet? Yeah, Monet, the um, the Singer. musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, very small, but she owned it, and it and oh, and she was yeah, the, you know the the surrogate parents, Juan and Teresa. Um, for Chiron uh, to be able to take him in yeah. when his mother when his mother is is too drugged up uh, or she's being she's having people over so yeah. Chiron needs to get out and and that yeah that tenderness that they have and he just it's like she doesn't she doesn't I mean like uh, that 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 those character beats didn't need to be there no she could have just been this like you know why are you bringing this guy in my house sort of like thing? Like, you know, just, they could have like just played, you know, the sass. Yeah. And done surface. And so it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I know we're sort of like repeating ourselves a little bit here, but it's just, it's, it's because it's, it happens so rarely that at every turn, this film is, is, you know, defying convention is defying stereotype is rejecting surface, um, gratification in order to go deeper and it, get something yeah. that really pays off. This is what films should be. Mm. This this exercise in in humanity. In in an acceptance but also showing that brutality. Mm. And, and and showing I mean, what like, can yeah, come of that. And showing that you know some of the most violent things in the world uh, leave no physical scars whatsoever. Mm. But uh, those those wounds run far deeper. And and those and the things that yeah the things that have happened in your past inform your future mm. and where you'll go and how that cycle is and uh, it's, and how long it it's takes thrust to, upon to, you to recover. Yeah. I mean, you see uh, in, you know, Tyrone's, recon uh, sorry, not Tyrone, um, Chiron's uh, uh, reconciliation with uh, his mum, mm. how much it's, um, he, like, it's this war where he desperately doesn't want to forgive her. He's held on to the hate for so long, but he can't help it. Yeah. He has to, he, ha he has to forgive her because at the end of the day, she's still his mum. 
and that that reluctance to give in to let go of the hate and but also just to acknowledge the the love that his mum's giving him that was a, a beautifully like brutal tender moment i mean you could see it on his face yeah there was a violence in in letting go of that but also yeah, yeah. but also a catharsis yeah it was that yeah that realization that yeah the acknowledgement of what's going on and what he needs to do to move forward and yeah this is this yeah i'm this is a film that we will sing praises for and we should rightly um it is it is ironic that it is a film um, that is, you know, up against La La Land. Mm. Um, well, I mean, uh, you know, listeners, if you want to hear our opinion on La La Land, uh, you can uh, just uh, skip one episode backwards and you can listen to an hour of um, our uh, rather strong opinions. I mean this and this on on and, the film and so I mean look <laughs> the notion that this is somehow on the same level it's absurd it's absurd to think as moonlight is insanity yeah i mean we can sh- you know if you want to have a love story that doesn't necessarily end in um in happiness moonlight has that yeah i was going to say <laughs> It has, it, it has, it has, it, it, has, has, every, it has everything that La La Land has. But I mean, it, it, like we said, if you want to look at the difference between uh, a surface attempt to tackle these stories and these characters, you can go to La La Land, which has some vaguely half decent songs, but not really, and pays, we'll lips, and, and and pay, and pays lip service to, you know, archetypal characters. Or you can watch something that's real. Yeah, if you if you want something like La La Land, go back and watch some films with Fred Astaire in it. Yeah, do someone that. Someone who someone who can actually dance, and who you yeah. will, and you will watch that, and there will be joy. But, and f- film isn't supposed to be escapism. I know that some people do want that out of that, and I can understand that. I mean, yeah, there is a gateway. There, yeah, there is, there is, there is a, there is a place for that, but it is at the end of the day a reciprocal art form. We are required to to give as much as the film gives to us. And it's and it's unfortunate that that uh, a film like Moonlight may not reach the people that it is truly intended for. Yeah, because I do not believe that this film is for you and I. No. I, I mean, we, we can absolutely appreciate it. And absolutely. It's a, it's a, and it's a beautiful story. I mean, that's all we've been doing for the last 40, 45 minutes is appreciating the fucking hell out of it. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I mean, I don't, yeah, I, it's, it's not going to change my life. Like I think it could change the lives of some people. Mm. It, it gives us an opportunity to, to understand a life that is not our own. Mm. And to, to, to gain greater empathy for others. Um, and I think that, that is far more important than escapism right now. Yeah. I Developing think it, yeah. greater empathy is what we need. Yeah. Love for your fellow man and understanding and empathy for people from all walks of life. Race, colour, mm. creed, you know sexuality religion doesn't matter i mean like if this film is to, if this film like gives a single takeaway it's that we are we're all human and, uh, these, and, I, and, I, know, and I know that sounds trite but it's it is also it is also the the honest truth but yeah, nothing and nothing, nothing is you know so like black and white in in the world don't paint someone with a broad brush 
mm. um, you know, with, with Sharon, he ended up being, um, having to have the persona of, of being hard. Yeah. If, being, if I was going to say, if anything, by the end of the, by the end of the film, he was adopting the stereotype mm. of the, of the gangbanger. He was putting on an act. He, and then you know, that, he, like that of, of like you know of all the old of all those you know gangbanging movies. Yeah, he watched I mean, those yeah. and he took and he took on those those, those characters personae, and their accoutrements and their you know articles of clothing and everything like that. Their swagger, but we knew and he knew that that wasn't who he really was. Yeah, there there was more to him. So. And that's and that's that's who people are. That's there is more to someone than just surface level. Absolutely. And, yeah. We've we're coming up to uh, Oscar season, of course. We're about um, uh, about a, about uh, oh twenty twenty four days away, I think. Yeah. So and. And Moonlight is is up for I think eight nominations. Yes. So, what were we thinking? <clears throat> it's difficult because I haven't I haven't uh, yet had the pleasure of uh, seeing uh, Fences, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, or Hidden Figures, which are all mm. other nominees. I have had the pleasure of seeing Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Helen High Water, which I have to say I'm um, pleased as punch that it got a nod. Yeah, and listeners, we talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another, there's another movie that uh, takes a standard trope and perverts it into something new and interesting. I'll be, I'll be very curious. I mean, obviously, uh, historically speaking, Hollywood loves patting itself on the back. They love mm. the feel-good movie. They love, you know, the simple, the simple solution. Something you know that everyone can get behind. I mean, there's there's a way to uh, say you don't like La La Land, but it takes too long to explain. Yeah. Where, whereas, yeah. whereas, which I think, is, which I think is probably the problem. Whereas, it's incredibly easy to say why La La Land is a is a quote unquote good movie. It's a feel good mm. movie. It's joyous, apparently, and you know, it, you can lose yourself in it for like a couple of hours. But I mean, like at this point in film history, and especially after the way uh, you know government is going in America at the moment with the elections, especially with the continuing levels of violence and, you know, police brutality, the uh, deprivation of liberty that's going on over there, and with, you know, dangers, you know, probably oncoming towards uh, gay, lesbian, trans, bi, um, yeah. you know, people and everything and uh, whatnot, it would seem pretty kind of sinister and, and also quite almost inappropriate i have to say to uh give a shout out to a pristine all white you know cast movie where the only villain is a black man and uh everyone just wishes it was the 1950s again yeah make jazz great again mm. that was that was one of the the bits in it yeah so i mean where does has always been great yeah i mean bye bye <laughs> Exactly. Thank you. I mean, I didn't need. I didn't need a whole movie to tell me that. Hmm. I, so whether, yeah. so whether, whether, the... whether Moonlight uh, does. Uh, I mean, it is certainly one of the main front runners at the moment. I'd suggest that it's down to it in La La Land. Mm-hmm. Whether it whether it can uh, beat it out. I mean, we could have a, a dark horse in one of the other nominations. I would suggest maybe there might be a split decision this year. Best picture to one movie and best director to another. Yeah, but um, I honestly think it might be, it's it's a bit it's a bit too. <laughs> In uh, both ways, I'm leaning towards Jenkins. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jenkins and Moonlight. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, be, I'll be I'll be curious to see in the next week or two as as the plugging really starts coming up, and we we get to see 
uh, more more awards. Yeah, I think I'll come in. I mean, uh, follow up with SAG, with the SAG win uh, to uh, get it. Producers Guild. Mm -hmm. uh, historically speaking, the winner of that has gone on to win Best Picture. LA Critics Circle, uh, the New York the New York Film Awards, all those ones are, are good barometers. So, I guess uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll we'll be we'll be following along as well as we uh, continue trying to plow our way through the nominees. Yeah, there are some there are some really good ones uh, out. I, you know, there's some really good films coming out. Um, we're in a, uh, you know, I, I guess despite what we may think about La La Land, yes, that was a good film as well, to to the majority of people. I was going to say, I mean, like every every film that's been nominated for an Oscar this year is a good film. Yeah. I, I certainly don't think La La Land is a great film. And is it as good as Moonlight? Hell to the no. Mm. But, it, but it is a good film. And it's good in its yeah. own way. It's good in a way that uh, Moonlight never could be and, frankly, also, I don't think would want to be. No. Just like God, in no. uh, just like in Damien Chazelle's Fever Dreams could uh, La La Land be as, as good as Moonlight is. Mm. Yeah. So... It's uh, it is almost incongruous to compare them, and unfortunately we have but, to. But 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 that's the but that's the uh, that that's the name of the game, guys. So uh... yeah, um, yeah. For to you know, we've talked about a couple of episodes, uh, a couple of films that we've already done. You can find uh, all of that on our website from the silverscreen dot um, Yeah, we're yeah. Plenty of stuff there for you to, to sink your teeth into. Um, yeah, go out to the movies. Um, yeah. It's, it's nothing but good at the moment. Yeah. The next, I, for yeah, the, next, for the next month or so, it's just going to be a wealth of amazing films on offer. But absolutely, go see Moonlight first. You owe it to yourself. Yeah. See it seven times, like you did with <laughs> La La Land. 